All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode six of Zed Daily. Today, I've got the factory with me. How you guys doing today? Great, man. Doing great, man. Excited for this Monday. Excited to get this going here. Awesome. So you guys are two two people in the factory out of four, correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so do you guys want to introduce yourselves and just let us know what role you guys play within the factory? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my name is Youngus. Um, I've... Uh, I was kind of the uh, initial launch pad for Zed for the the entire crew. So <clears throat> I was the you know the first one to find the the platform and kind of start doing my research and things of that nature. So um, from my my standpoint, it was kind of the um, you know the starting point for getting everybody on board. And then um, from there, I've I've been kind of a myself and closet nerd. We we essentially manage the stable, the racing and, and the breeding side of everything. So we, we handle more of like the day-to-day -day operations of the stable. And yeah. then uh, Robbie. Yeah, I, uh, so I kind of got a part of it because I've, I've been in crypto for like, like now it's been six, seven years now. Um, heard about Zed from, from youngest. I've, I've known youngest for a while now and uh, kind of wanted to get involved. Uh, I've, my, my family that like, comes from like a horse racing background. So naturally I was like, give me, give me the owner in this. Right. So, um, I came in a little bit later. Um, but now I, uh, most of the time I'm, I'm kind of, I, I hand, I help with the racing a little bit. Um, I, I bought into the stable actually with youngest a little bit later. Um, but now most of the time I'm either helping them with, uh, racing, um, analyzing the horses or, not as much the day to day, but um, I I help fund most of it, so that's kind of where uh, where I've landed in it. Okay, awesome. And so, youngest, do you want to dive into a little bit more about how you found Zed and the story behind that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I I um I got into the entire kind of crypto NFT space in January of this year. Um, started with kind of I think every a lot of people's paths with uh, with Top Shot, so was introduced to top shot <clears throat> but you know wasn't really shown like the the capacity of of really transacting with with ethereum and with cryptocurrencies since that was still kind of like a a basis of uh sub saba some <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, i'm legit i'm gonna like casino at 9 a.m i don't judge you <laughs> that's how it goes um, so I got in, uh, in March, you know, somebody sent me a link like, Hey, do you want to buy a horse? And, and, you know, in my head, I'm like, that's a wild, wild question to ask somebody. So got the link. Um, and it was like a few days before the March 19th drop, um, that Zed had. And, you know, I jumped in the discord and, you know, I remember the discord had like maybe, I don't know, it had like less than a thousand people in it. So it was a really tight knit community, but you know, was Part of that first drop process and and when i saw how quickly those horses sold out um it was like just an imp impossible gas wars all over the place um and when i saw that entire thing happen i knew that there was something there in terms of the supply and the demand 
Um, so I started buying horses on the secondary market soon thereafter, just, just through discord, talking to people. Um, and the funny thing was, I still had no real idea how, like I was learning MetaMask and transferring stuff. So I was like trying to broker deals was like, yo, like I'll Venmo you $2,000. And like, I didn't understand the ETH is ETH process. So like, you know, I like hit a guy up. It's like, all right, we're going to do 1300 in ETH. And, and then the next day ETH went up like 3%. And I'm like, well, no, yesterday it was a $1,300 transaction. Now it's going to cost me 1600. I'm like, hold on. So like, I got schooled real quick on that. But, um, but after I got the secondary thing down and figuring it out, you know, I started pitching it to Bobby or Robbie Saba and, and closet nerd. <clears throat> and, you know, we were, we were just trying to get everything on base there. So they came on board probably about 30 days after I was on, but, um, you know, it was kind of one of those, um, initial like you know we all we all had the same kind of hunger behind it just in seeing again the volume and, and the trajectory that the game was going awesome and then what were those first horses that you bought off the secondary market so my very first horse i bought was divine sanction um and she's a, a z6 um genesis uh had her and she was you know she was lightly raced probably like 30 or 40 um and then i got um after that i bought seductive engagement uh, which came from the Ducky Malin bloodline. Um, and that was, uh, that was an exclusive. Yeah. And he was, he was a monster and, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I had him like, I had him listed just at like some ridiculous number that like, I didn't even think about. And then the right when breeding opened, he got sniped and I was like, <sighs> like we lost him. We lost him in that, in, in the war. But, um, but yeah, those are our first two horses that, that we brought to the table. And then from there it was like, um, you know, I was able to snipe a couple on the next drop that came through. Um, and then when these guys came on board, we, we were on that big, uh, I don't, I think it was the, the Terra drop, um, where we were able to snipe two Z ones from that one. And that kind of like really changed the entire path for us when we were able to get two one, two Z ones on a, on a drop. How much were the Z ones going for at that time? Um, they were, I think we, they were about 10 ETH, but because it was, yeah, it was they like were doing 10. it like on the USD at the time, ETH was like 3,700. So they were just under about $40,000 a piece. Okay. And then, so Sabo, yeah. when this guy's coming to you, asking you like, Hey, do you want to throw some real money into digital horse racing and breeding? What are your thoughts on that? Would you tell him? So I'm, I'm hands down the biggest degenerate out of the group. So they got to, they got to tame me at times. Cause I just. I, I'm, I'm no, I'm no, and then I'm all in advancing every kind of leverage I can to get into it. So my experience with NFTs really, just in general, I mean, I, I've, I've been in crypto since probably early 2017, if not late 2016. Um, me and Rob actually got into crypto mining back then. Um, but uh, what, what I think really killed it for me for NFTs was just Topshop. And we were just at NFT NYC and we were talking about this a lot. And it's not, I mean, I, we love basketball. I probably love basketball more than any other sport. Um, but, and obviously the NBA license is worth so much, but there was just something about those cues that fucking killed me. Because I dedicated so much time. We had the same kind of thread of us four that are now the factory trying to get in every single drop and we couldn't get our hands in it. We loaded money in it. We couldn't pull it out. So I definitely was a little hesitant at first with uh, NFTs, but loving games, loving esports, and actually realizing, and I think it's only a matter of time. Like there's so much utility behind Zed, right? And so much utility behind uh, kind of a horse racing game. And I think why we're all so bullish too, I'm not sure if Bob really highlighted it, but Bob comes from a family of actual real life 
greyhound breeders and he's introduced us to some of the biggest like horse racing um either horse breeders or horse racers all the way from kentucky to i mean it was a breeders cup last week so i think it's only a matter of time before that money gets in and then it's game over really um but even in the in the meantime i mean Gus was telling us about these horses obviously i'm add so i didn't listen right you gotta tell me something like five times through and then finally i think it was uh Gus, it was the it was the Z10, right? I think it was there was this, the initial drops, the Z10 returns were so insane, right? Like you could you got obviously a higher return buying top for tier horses, but this Z10 as far as like a ROI was just this crazy sweet spot. And I couldn't get my I couldn't like even conceptualize it. So at the time I was big into Binance Smart Chain, I was big into a lot of other DeFi projects and and I was like, you know what? This is a perfect hedge for me because it's it's on ETH, right? And I wish I got in earlier because the type of returns we were seeing back then were insane. But I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah, through the roof. <clears throat> yeah, but Saban's definitely the classic. Like, he'll you know, two three weeks later, he'll be like, "Yo, where the fuck was this information before?" I'm like, "Dude, like, scroll up in the chat. Like, honestly, we posted it six times. Like, it's there. We told you." We told you, we told you. So this was just another one of those instances. Awesome. And so when you were saying flipping the Z10s, did you mean just like flipping them on the secondary market or racing them and getting profit? Definitely flipping them on secondary market. It was mad. I mean, um, do you remember the exact number, Gus, that we were seeing? In the it was like a 600%. I, it was a 600% ROI because they're selling, I forget what it was, on, on the drop they were selling for... 600% less than they were selling on the secondary market and they were getting sniped like crazy. Yeah, I mean, they were so cheap. Those first drops, like a Z10 was like 0.1 something. It, I mean, it was like a ridiculous price point where they were, yeah, they were going up so fast. Like they were over half an ETH, you know, 0.6 is what they were going for. So, and yeah. I, I mean, we didn't even, we didn't even get Z10s to, that we had the ability to flip. We were just watching the market and how fast that part of it was moving. Obviously, you know, like the six through 10s, had a lot more market activity just because they were a lot more affordable for those entry points where the one through fives had more of that, you know, kind of long-term hold anyways, because of the value that they were bringing to the game. And this was all pre-breeding, right? We had no idea what breeding looked like. Breeding, breeding hadn't opened up since the first iteration of it, which we weren't, you know, around for breeding prior to that initial one that came in, which I think was around June. Um, so, you know, we, we really were trying to just figure out, it was just a, a horse by horse basis, like without even understanding truly what that breeding, you know, concept looked like. Okay. So that, that you spoke on breeding, do you guys have a collective like uh, breeding process? Do you guys disagree on certain things? What, do, how do you guys breed at the factory? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, so, you know, myself and, and uh, I mentioned Closet Nerd, the, the other 25% of the ownership here, um, he and I kind of go through most of the strategy there. Um, and we've gotten it down now kind of to a, you know, a, a understanding of, you know, taking our Z1s starting there. And we kind of have, you know, we have two Z1s, um, now um, a Stallion and a Mare, and we try to go, you know, we, we get them to get our Z2, but... We, we have a Z2, Z3, Z4 that we basically get from Concentrate, our, our, you know, our absolute gem of a monster horse, Z1. So, um, so we essentially just start there and then it's just a matter of looking at, you know, breeding that we've had in the past and looking at the success rate of those horses 
we pretty much race everything that we bring through um, and that we breed now. We don't really leave a lot unraced anymore um, just to kind of see, you know, we, we test the waters to see if the breeding pairs are correct and, and if they're going to make sense for us. Um, and we've been really, you know, really fortunate that we really haven't, you know, created any donkeys per se. So it's been, uh, it's been a good process for us. I, thankfully. I think in the beginning we were like, cause, cause again, and then this is, it's a little different because youngest and closet nerd come from like an NFT background. Uh, closet nerd is, is like, comes from an extreme gaming background. He, he's, he's one of the biggest producers of esports in the world. Um, just from his like background from his perspective. So they come from that kind of background where Saba and I come from more of a, uh, you know, crypto slash like been around for a long time in space. And then we also, I mean, Sab and I also, we own our own company, but it, it, we both have, we both, we all have different backgrounds from where we come from. Um, so it's, it's a good where youngest and, and closet nerd are thinking more of like the gaming perspective where Saba and I are thinking more of the return perspective. Um, and it, it goes hand in hand and it's really good. Um, the way we both interact on, um, you know, especially from the breeding standpoint. And I think when we first started, we were very hesitant to race any of our horses. But now, now that we kind of have a hang of it, we're racing pretty much everything. And and I think that's like, the, obviously for me, like that's like the best part is fucking cheering on these horses and like, you know, being in the thick of it. I know at NFT NYC, Saba, I wasn't able to go, unfortunately, but they were all at the bar, like, because we were racing concentrate. I was, I was at home and I'm like, hey, guys, this is our first race with our Z1, like, what's going on over there? Like, give me some insider details. And they're just sending me these videos of everyone just fucking going crazy at the bar, watching concentrate, just rip this thing. And you obviously lost, but it was like, it was a madhouse at the time. Yeah. It was a good, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. That was so much fun. I was going to say, I think what's important for like necessarily having like a partnership like this is we all have our roles and we're all bringing different perspective. And I think every time I've done something successful, as far as partnerships, you almost have to have a view where you have a couple guys that are the experts and then a couple guys are honestly that aren't involved. So they could kind of see something from a third party point of view, right? And when we do have discussions about uh, what our strategy is, our breeding strategy, what we're going to market, we're obviously always upgrading horses. Uh, I think it's important to have that view. I really do. And I think um, sometimes a, a few of us might step away a little bit further. Obviously, youngest and closet nerd are, are more the day-to-day and -day management are really in the weeds of it. But I think it, it's good to kind of have that perspective and our conversations are really well balanced and we do talk about the longevity of it. And we also all understand that we are so early in Zed. And like this week, I mean, <clears throat> we were hearing stuff like 20, 30% of the game is only done, right? So like we're just getting yeah. started and I think everyone on our team has that mindset of this is a marathon, right? Uh, and we're, we're positioning ourselves so, and that's when I honestly had the most success with all my investments, my business ventures, everything, right? Because you're able to be more patient, right? And you're able to learn from your mistakes and you're able to kind of uh, not make impulsive decisions that could kind of impact you later on. 100%. Robbie, how do you try and bring your real world horse uh, horse experience into an NFT game, as in Honestly, like breeding or racing? Yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> to be frank, it's it's it the the only thing that kind of translate over is is the actual breeding aspect. Like 
it's very similar with with bloodlines and and how that works like if you have a good horse and you can show it can win um just like in the in the real world it's you're probably going to get a lot of profit just from um breeding it right and you don't really have to run it that much you know if it if it's if it's a winning horse it's a winning horse and people are going to think it's a winning horse and obviously it's offspring um you're going to be able to make profit there right um that's kind of the real been the translation over to that besides for the fact is also we're like i'm able to talk with people that you know especially with my dad he's he's like very involved with all that stuff whenever i talk to him about it he's, he's always just like my friends want to get involved how do i get them involved you know like how do how do we how do we get people involved how do we make an easy pathway for them to do it and it's always you know you have the you have the discussion with these guys that are in the real horse world first of all it's a lot of it's it's an older community and they they know nothing about you know crypto or what's going on there so first you got to teach them you got to go through the metamask you got to teach them all that right so that's that's the difficult part is one onboarding them and getting them like hey you have to get a metamask this is what you is this is how you transfer it over these are gas <laughs> um but it's I, the way the way i'm seeing and how the real world is going to transfer over um into zed is there needs to be an easy pathway for this older community to get involved and that has to be with one getting them the currency to first purchase zed right to get them ETH and get them onboarded. And I don't know how that's going to work, whether it be with MetaMask or whether it be with Zed having like an onboarding process, which they do kind of with their wallet, but it's still not the easiest, um, you know, it's not the easiest transaction, especially if you haven't been in the space ever, right? So um, I think where it comes like in the real world and where, where like the actual adoption is going to be is making it easy for these people to come in and be like, hey, I want to get a horse how do I race it? What's, what's the best way for me to like actually inject capital into it? Um, and, and where can I see returns? Right. So I think, you know, there's a lot of interest there from the real world that are currently racing horse, real horses right now. And I, I, I want to say that, you know, I hope that there's going to be an easier way to get these people onboarded because the interest is there. Um, and you know, once that happens, it's very easy to get mass adoption. You know, horse people are horse people. It doesn't matter if it's digital or if it's not, right? So if they can, and especially because these people pay a shit ton of money to upkeep their horses, you know, like for training or whatever it may be, and you tell them, hey, we can eliminate all that and we can still keep your returns pretty high, people are really excited about that, right? So I don't know. I think I think, I think, think the real world adoption is going to be here sooner. It's just how easy can we make it for these people to come in and, and get a horse and then, you know, see how ETH works, right? You got to realize too, like this is an industry where people are legitimately dumping millions of millions of dollars, right? Real life horse. There's very, very few horses that make money. It's just, it's actually the ultimate flex, right? Just like NFTs. And I'm not necessarily saying that Zed would be the ultimate flex. Like it would be like a crypto punk or something like that. Cause these are now at the point where I honestly think that they're good investments, but originally nft profile pictures they're, they're flexes right i mean that's what they were once these guys get a taste of it i think it's game over but um it's soon i think it's sooner than later okay so i mean if you if you look at that if i was really quick i was just going to say if you look at again the event in new york you know the other night where you had 12 unraced z1s all going head to head you know all the top stables in the world that was one of the most electric atmospheres that I've been involved in just because of like 
you know, everyone's throwing, you know, $150,000 on the table to see, you know, like if there's not an ultimate flex competition there where like, although there wasn't actual like wagering side bet stuff, which again, we tried to do as we always do in these races on heads up, but nobody accepted, but you know, going into something like that, like there's, there's a certain level of like, I mean, of, of electricity in that room where, you know, watching that from afar, I mean, didn't even do justice to how crazy the entire environment was. So as, as you keep to continue to like grow that type of, you know, experience for this platform on the outside, I think those types of events and things of that nature are only going to, you know, kind of um, pay, you know, and attest to what uh, Robbie was saying about um, just growing this thing to the outside world. Yeah. And I think all of us coming from Top Shot, did any of you guys ever spend Ethereum on, on Top Shot? Because personally, yeah. I didn't. I just used my credit card. I did. Yeah, me I, too. It's, yeah, it's, a, so. it's a tough process. Like, I couldn't, it took me forever to get it in. And then when I wanted to get it out, it was, it was a nightmare. Okay. So if yeah. Zed implemented something to where people could just pay with a card, you think that would be way easier onboarding for them? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's just like, like yeah. anyone from the outside, especially like, like I said, horse people, they don't. They don't know what Ethereum even is, like to be honest. So it's like if they could just be like, "Hey, here's your credit card, swipe it, and you can get a horse." I think it would be a lot easier. But um, yeah, I think it's good to have people learn about Ethereum, regardless. So it's it's good, but you can't. It, it's a it's an old saying. I always tell Saba this, and especially about my dad. I say, you can't teach old dogs new tricks, mm -hmm. right? Once a guy knows, once a guy knows his path and how he got there, like these guys are all, they got there for a reason. Like anyone that's above sixty or older that's doing what they're doing. They got there doing a certain way, um, and like they're not going to change most of the time. So it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, right? You're trying to teach them about a whole new stable or a whole new a whole new game that that's like about horses, and they're like, "Well, okay, I have to download MetaMask, I do this, I do that." You know, it's 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 very hard to do that. That's for sure. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. You gotta you gotta buy the crypto. You gotta set up the MetaMask. You gotta send uh, yeah. it to your MetaMask. You gotta do the gas fees. You gotta maybe go to umbria if you want to save a bunch of money on bridging to, right. to polygon so it, it is a lot so youngest you spoke on the z1 uh nft nyc event do you want to go into that a little bit deeper and how'd you guys get involved with that so um so closet nerd is he's kind of like the our community voice um in terms of his engagement you know when in the discords and he's he's probably the most um i think directly you know, associated with not only just like the the Zed team in terms of just communication that he's had with like the devs and things over time, right? From getting to know the community and things of that nature, but um, but he's he's definitely pounds the pavement harder than any of us when it comes to actually like you know just day to day interactions and things of that nature. Um, so he he was just you know leading up to the event, setting up you know all kinds of different meetings and, and ancillary um, events that we were going to for all the other NFTs that were and communities that we're involved with. Um, he was, uh, you know, basically the idea was thrown out there that, you know, we wanted to launch this, um, this new, um, you know, side of the Zed run platform where it was where you could throw your own basically like the event, right, the party mode, um, where you can host your own tournament style race. Um, and so, you know, we, um, 
I, I think it was kind of reluctantly at first because you're always a little scared to throw an unraced into you know into the mix, especially when the value is so high. And I mean, we're not in a position right now where we're you know trying to like get top dollar out of our Z ones, and we just want to hold them to flip them because we're we're seeing value again in the breeding side of things. Um, but you know, there's always a little bit of nerve. I think when you're putting such a high stakes type of um, you know asset into that that format, but. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we ended up moving forward with it. And then um, sure enough, you know, as we started seeing everyone else had joined in, we're like, all right, there's some heavy hitters that are coming through here. So I think, you know, being, being included in that high level, um, you know, talent pool in terms of like some of the best stables and breeders, you know, in the, in the entire platform worldwide um, is a, a massive accomplishment. And, you know, it's just something that we're always happy to be involved in, in those types of things. So, so we were, you know, we threw the horse in there, concentrate, and um, we based it on, we had two, right? We had ready our, our female and, and concentrate. And we just looked kind of like at the breeding and, and the success of the horses, the offspring have had over the last few months from concentrate. So we just assumed that he was going to be our best, you know, our best um, option to put into this thing. And uh, so we threw him in there and, you know, <clears throat> now with the, the modification from odds to just the flames, um, you know, it was a little disheartening. We didn't pull flames in it, but again, you're going up against, you know, 11 other Z1. So like the opportunity there, like it's very, very slim pickings on that. So, um, not to say that, you know, because as soon as, as that event ended, we started racing him and he's, he's pulled flames in every race since that event night. So, um, so, you know, that was good to see that, that we, we didn't buy a Z1 donkey, but, um, but yeah, the, the event itself was absolutely electric. Um, you know, there was, I'd have to say there's probably a couple hundred people there. And, um, you know, there was just a, a, a lot of the, the interactive piece was great, you know, to, to sit down and have the opportunity to, to talk to Ebbs, um, you know, who made it all the way out from Australia and, and talk directly with, you know, the, the mastermind behind, you know, this incredible platform was just phenomenal. And then, you know, it's always nice to see the people you've been talking shit to on Twitter for the last six months, you know, face to face and bring that whole thing to life, you know? So, um, so all, all of that within itself just made, I think the overall experience that much more, um, you know, enjoyable and, and, you know, the, the, I think the end piece of it, regardless of the fact that we didn't take, you know, a top three place in, in either of the three, I, I think it definitely just, reinvigorated something that I think, you know, a lot of us were just like wanting in, in terms of the Zed experience and um, in, in that live environment. And I just think that there's so much um, open road ahead of us that, you know, again, being in those types of situations, like that's where you want like that. I think you can get that like degenerate all day horse racing, you know, real life horse racing guy that's sitting there, you know, screaming at the TV. Now he's got something new to get after where he can just do it from his living room. So, um, so it, it definitely, you know, brought a, brought a smile to my face to be involved in something of that nature. Cause you know, first of its kind. It was kind of sick too, because we're like, I, I honestly didn't know what was going on. And then David or closet nerd, our, our, our guy, he's like, he calls me and he goes, Hey, we're going to race concentrator, our unraced Z1, our prized asset in a, in a race. And I'm like, okay, what's the prize pool? He's like, no prize. Pool. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, no, no, we're just going to race him at, at NFT NYC. I'm like, my, my degenerate ass is like, well, does anyone want to like bet something? Like, do we, is there like, we have to have a prize pool here. We're not just going to race him for fun. And he's like, no, no, no. It's like history. And I'm like, okay, so does anyone want to gamble? Like, what do we want to do here? 
And so we literally like, we're literally, all of us are in a chat and I'm like, so there's no prize pool and we're racing our prized asset in a race that doesn't mean anything. It's just so everyone can like have fun. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, all right, fuck it, do it. All <laughs> risk, no reward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, and I, I mean, obviously you you remember us from, from the digital derby where we had our, you know, our five Ethereum heads up match. So same type of thing, right? We threw out the, uh, the bet out there and into the Twitter verse and, um, and you know, that one was accepted. So we tried to pull the same thing off, but nobody was biting on this round. <laughs> thankfully they didn't though. I mean, we would have got, yeah, thankfully smoked, they so didn't. I'm, I'm happy, happy, happy nobody accepted. <laughs> so let's go into the digital derby one. What was the story behind that? Because what, what was it? A, how much Ethereum was on the line for that race? That was a five, five Ethereum was that the heads up. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wild, yeah. right? What's what's um, Ethereum at right now? 47? Yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, I think at the time we, I mean, I think we we're at the time that was August. I think we were still like in the mid threes. I mean, it was equivalent to about like sixteen or seventeen thousand um, dollars. You know, this one race, and you know, we we so digital derby was you know um, executed, and we were talking about closet nerd. You know, on the esports side of things. Um, you know, that event, we just had the opportunity to be involved with again. Um, and, you know, we wanted to just showcase like how much fun we have with the Zed platform and, you know, kind of bringing our degenerate tendencies from our outside world experiences into this platform. So, um, so when we had that opportunity, the same thing, we just, you know, we wanted to bring our, our world into Zed. And I think we showcase that as, you know, I, I think you put it in your tweet earlier, the villains of Zed run. So I like, <laughs> or the digital derby at least. And I, I love it. I think it's great. You know, I think you need to have that activity and, you know, it's, it's all fun and games, but it's, it's, it's nice to have a few choice words here and there. Yeah. That was definitely my favorite part of the digital derby. It might not have even been the race. It was just the marketing and like the production behind it, but the fucking, the, the promo that you guys cut was awesome, dude. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. David, we, had, David, we had so much fun with it. Closet nerd is, is, I mean, he, like I said, he's like the producer behind all that. He's really, he's really, you know, the way he does things. And it's really good for the game that Dave or closet nerd so involved is because he's just the guy really, you know, when he wants something and he really puts his mind to something, he's, he's insane what he can put together producing wise. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it was really cool to be a part of that. And it was, it was obviously extremely fun. We got to go to the races. We were with Efren, um, um, and obviously we lost that sucked, but regardless, it was still really fun. Yeah. So for anybody yeah, we that had a good time watching, with it, so. you guys, you guys didn't win the five ETH race. No, we did not. We lost. We we lost it by. I mean, it was it was, it was really close. like I think less than a tenth of a second. I mean, it was it was closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, going into the fact that you know, uh, Catch Me Riding Derby was racing Jumbo, who's you know one of the top Z ones, you know, fucking over a thousand races under its belt, and we threw in a you know Swagger who had two races under his belt. So, you know, I mean, we like we said, we we like to take big risks and gamble, and you know we. At least we didn't get our asses fucking handed to us. It was it was it was entertaining nonetheless. But um, but yeah, no, the the promo piece again was like the best part for us. I think too, was just being involved with that, getting to go to Del Mar and see the horse racing live, and kind of tying all that stuff together. So, um, you know, I think uh, I, I think we're just gonna have to keep cutting promos, keep this thing going. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, <laughs> so, do you guys do you guys see any future digital derbies down the line? And do you just want to not even compete in the tournament, just go t 
talk shit to someone and have the heads up, heads up bets? I hundred percent. Yeah. We want to do a little bit of both. Like, like we, in all honesty, I like, we really want to be one of the top stables in the game. And we're, that's what we're working towards. Obviously, like there's, there's so much competition. There's guys that have been around the game forever now. Um, and, you know, we know that we haven't been around the game as much as these guys, and there's a lot to work towards. But that's kind of what we want to do is we want to be one of the top stables in the game. Um, so whatever that takes, we're, we're going to have to obviously learn a lot and race a lot, which we, you know, we're doing every day. But, um, yeah, I think we, we, on it, we obviously want to continue the side stuff. That's always really fun. Um, and you know, that's where we shine, to be honest. But um, the – the actual derbies and the actual races, these tournaments, you know, we want to be a part of it and we want to be racing in them consistently eventually. Right. Yep. It's good for the, yeah, there's just, yeah, there's just, there's just something again, just to go back to New York thing is like, there's something I think a little bit special when you walk into the event and, you know, handful of people are like oh these fucking guys like <laughs> before you even like you don't have to introduce yourself because like all right here they are you know like yeah. let's go have a word with these guys so you know i think i think having fun on both sides of that but you, we definitely are not you know here to just like make a quick buck like this is a this is definitely something that we're heavily invested in and um we we want to be as successful as we can on the platform side of things because we you know i i think as we all learn together we start to unlock little parts of the puzzle that makes Zed, you know, continue to be more interesting and intriguing because you're you're having to do so much more, you know, analysis of of what every horse is capable of as they keep changing things with stamina and you know as all these these pieces continue to rotate. Um, I, I think that's the beauty of of keeping everybody engaged because the you know the the playing field is going to continue to kind of just you know fluctuate up and down in terms of evening things out and um and i just think we have a very very bright future ahead of us so how do you plan on making yourself one of those top stables in the game do you plan on going the arbitrage route and scouting horses uh you guys gonna go the breeding route what's your plan there i mean i i think right now you know we're we're focused right now on the breeding route you know and and i think being able to create and and you know breed these monster offspring is really important for us um because i think it just it, it allows you to kind of stabilize you know the strength of understanding like if, if you're only pumping out winners right then it, it allows i think eyes to be set on you to to really know that like these guys understand that mechanic of the game um but you know we're we're kind of open to all ends i don't think we really have like one one direct strategy that's only going to be focused on one thing like we want to race we want to be successful top win rates we want to have successful offspring you know we want to go out and scout and take advantage of you know a, a little bit of the bear market that's happening in nfts right now and go go get some of these you know genesis horses that people are just basically handing out right now for free so we're, we're kind of just you know multifaceted, i think in terms of what we want our overall goal to be but at the end of the day i think it's just more or less you know the the staple and and you know kind of the the perception of us our involvement being like you know committed and dedicated to making this like a, a household name type of environment for the factory yeah i think it's too like like the youngest said it's too prong we ever we we know we have like a really good butt line and concentrate in his offspring so we're trying to optimize that by racing them and kind of figuring out you know if we keep breeding them and we keep bringing swagger and concentrate and just seeing where that bloodline goes down the road 
um, and then being able to optimize that racing. Right. And then it's, it's two pronged, right? Like we want to accumulate as much Genesis horses as possible. And that's kind of been our strategy since day one. Um, we, we, we really believe in the long-term success of the game and we think the long-term success of a stable is having as many Genesis horses as you could possibly have. So with racing the, that bloodline and then also kind of making a profit on that offspring, we're using that profit to turn it into more Genesis horses. Okay. So it's two prong and then figuring out which bloodline on the Genesis horses we can then optimize on racing again. Right. So, um, it's a, it's, it's a hypothesis we're testing it, but it's, it's worked out for one bloodline. So we're trying to again, get more and more of that. Right. Correct. Do you got, do you have like any favorite Genesis you're immediately going to look at? Like only Z eights, only Z fives, or do you not care in Z one through Z 10? We're really interested in Z fours. Um, that's kind of, we've been, we've been talking about it. Um, but we're really interested in the Z fours right now. Um, that's kind of like, our little hypothesis we've had just about but we kind of want to go after a lot more z4s it's also because we don't have as many z4s uh, but we, we really need a lot more z4 genesis okay any like without giving away like your secrets any reason why the z4s there um, um i mean i i think we just we yeah we won't say too much about it but for us i mean a, a big part of it is uh, when you're looking at the breeding side, we want to be, you know, sub Z10 offspring as much as possible with our legendaries. Um, so that's kind of like one, one part of it there, but in terms of like the, the bloodline and things of that nature, you know, we'll, we'll keep that secret in house, but, um, but yeah, we're, we've been, you know, I, I think the, the fours and fives are the ones that we really haven't had. We have, you know, one through three and then six through 10. So four and five is definitely what, kind of avoid right now um in our stable so we definitely have our eye out on those those specifically but um but yeah you know I, I think it's anything genesis we know there's value in there we've never sold a genesis horse um you know even regardless of racing statistics like we've we've you know if even if we're not re racing them right now or breeding them right now um we we understand that uh you know there's there's something that's going to be very like palpable about their value here in you know the next six months because you can't make any more of them right so it's just as more and yeah. more horses come into the system they become more and more valuable simple supply yeah yeah and, i mean there's and... the, yeah the finite finite supply right and so once once the final few drops happen which you know i'm not sure what that timeline looks like but once that's that's done then yeah you're you you know it's kind of like the the top shot s1s like no one gives a shit about the s3 drops now that you know they're pumping out 300,000 series of the same thing and so like it's not as as high demand as those rares from the s1 so it's kind of that same idea right anything anything what you're learning in nft space anything with genesis you know implications regardless of the fact is always going to have that higher value because it's the first of its kind so um so i think you know is, is that that mentality is something that makes it really important to you know to go out there scout those horses find those horses and hold them whether or not you're racing them or not so if you guys came in solo today in the current like market that we're in we're in a little bit of a bear market would you guys agree yeah yeah for sure okay Say a little bit so coming in with let's say like half an ETH, what would you get as a starting stable? I would. So I've actually I've had this question before, like from a bunch of friends. So I've I would I always tell them because I know your horses is like the best. You just like I think that that 
you know your horses is like the most underrated like website to it's not even underrated it's just like it's such a good tool to use um i would say one people just obviously when they first come in they don't understand they don't even know what z1 through 10 they don't understand genesis right i tell them they probably one you should get any type of z10 genesis if you have 0.5 ease try to get any type of genesis that you could snipe for you know 0.1 or whatever it may be um if there's a deal and then i would also tell them to look at bloodlines like i it's it's preached in the game all the time you usually can find a pretty good bloodline if you actually do your homework um you know like that you can find between like a z z7 to z10 that's a legendary that sometimes you can find that's just a gem from like a from a really insane bloodline um that's being sold for you know i would consider it a loss so i always the first thing i tell people is you need to you need to understand the bloodlines and understand where these horses come from and if you can see a horse that's lightly raced and it, it's funny i actually my my old roommate his girlfriend her name's i don't want to say her name but she i got her into it and she's like a huge horse racer and now she's like she's killing it on like finding lightly raced horses that someone just like lightly raced it lost but it comes from an insane bloodline and they just put it up for a loss and they're like ah, i just i i don't want to lose anymore so there's always those types of deals on the market that you can find between like 0.1 to 0.2 ETH that if you just really do your homework, you could get an absolute steal and all of a sudden you have an insane bloodline and you're, and you're stable that you can breed to, right? So I would say obviously try to get yourself a Genesis between like a Z9 and Z10 if you can for, for that price. And then I would say look at bloodlines and if you could find anything that you know comes from a winning bloodline of a, of a horse that's a monster, you're probably going to have a good chance of finding a good horse. Um, that's usually my advice. Youngest. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I mean, then that's all, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat there with, with Robbie, but with conversations I have with people, again, you know, a, a lot of it's going to be dependent on, on, you know, your cash flow. But if you have half an ETH, I mean, if, if there's even the p- potential for it, like I always like the idea of trying to find like a pair, right. And getting like a, a Colt and a Philly or whatever, and, and allowing yourself to understand all the mechanics up front of the racing side and the breeding side, right? So when I talk to people about entry points, even if you're breeding a, you know, two Z15s, just to understand the process and, and get into it, because I think once you get a little bit of a taste of unlocking those doors again and, and knowing what the process looks like, then you start to kind of chase a little bit more and get more, you know, ingrained into, all right, now I need to search for this, this type of bloodline. Cause as you're seeing, you know, a lot of these, the most successful horses, I mean, there's a lot of them that are Z, you know, I mean, look at like Steph Curry, right? You have these horses that are not even Genesis, not even legendaries that are absolutely like smoke shows coming through. So it's not to say that, you know, breeding two low Z's are still going to give you a donkey. I mean, there's so much potential in it. So for me, you know, when I talk to people about that entry point, that, that that's the side that I look for because it allows you to understand all the mechanics of the game, you know, really in kind of a few different transactions if you're able to just get two horses up front that you can breed and then race the offspring. And now you've got three out of that 0.5 that you're just trying to figure out that, you know, that circle there. So um, so that's, that's more the direction I go. But, um, but, you know, I just, that's what I love about the game, right? You have options and it's not just like a very like, you know, black and white, like this is where you start and this is the only way that you can, you know, go through it. It's kind of like an open world, you know, video game, right? You kind of just go explore and you come back and pick up your tools as you do it. 
Um, it's not so like, you know, straight cut. And that's what, that's what I love about it the most. Okay. Yeah. I like that as well. So going back to what you said, Robbie, if I'm coming in and I'm buying that Genesis horse and let's say like out of all my options, these Genesis horses like aren't race horses. Would you just play the breeding game or like a collectability game from that point? Yeah. So I would, it always depends, right? Like, because a lot of people get in it like that are like, I want to play the game. Like I want to race. I want to do that. And then a lot of people are like, I believe in the game, but I kind of want to like, just like, I almost want to buy the stock. Right. Like I want to, I want to like, I think the game is going to increase in value. So I want to buy the stock. So, you know, if there's people like that, I tell them, look, buy like a Genesis horse, just hold it and you can breed it if you want. But if you hold it, you're pretty much like holding the stock, right? It's like, you just keep it on race. You hold the stock. If the game games traction, you have a asset that's like never going to be made again, right? In the game. So you're literally like holding Zedron stock. Um, But for people that are like, I want to play the game. um, It's more like, okay well, this is what you need to learn. You need to know, hey, this is, no, you know, you need to really look at the bloodlines. You need to understand where these horses are racing. You need to understand where these horses are coming from, the stables that are racing them, right? So it's it's all dependent. Um, I think, like, for like especially for me, when I was first coming into the game, my first thing was, like, I believe in the game. I want to hold these things long term. But as I started, like, learning more about the game, I was like, shit, I just enjoy racing these fucking horses, you know? So, like, like now, like, my kind of, my, my view is turned and I think that's what most people are going to see is when you first come in you're like ah man I really want to like I believe in the game I want to like I want to buy the stock I want to I want to make money off this but then when you start doing it you're like shit I I see how much fun everyone's having racing these horses like get me in on it you know like like let's start racing these bad boys so it's all dependent on your view but I think eventually you're going to just have to start racing them because like it's it's too fun and you just learn a lot about the game um and just like youngest said like when you get those pairs and you can kind of figure it out it's 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 a very complex game so it's not just like black and white where it's like get two really high you know z z twos and you breed them and then you're good to go and you have a good horse it's it's a lot more complex than that so um it's good to start like with like you said with like some cheaper horses learn how it breeds and then learn how to race and then be like okay if I take this hypothesis from these and then I cheat, I put in some more capital and I can kind of like figure it out from a higher perspective, will this work? And that's, um, you know, it's kind of playing around with it. Everyone's learning stuff, you know, every day in this game. So, um, and there's new tools being made every day. So it's, you know, no, every, not every, not every strategy is right. Not every strategy is wrong. Um, it's just kind of playing around with it and learning it. Um, and I think that's why it's so fun. Right. Yeah, it is because yeah, just like you said, it's, everybody has their own strategies and theories and nobody's set in stone. Like this person knows it all. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah. that's the beauty of it. Right. When you guys breed, do you guys have the blood tool? Or are you just going and researching ancestry on a horse by yourself? Yeah. It's just, just researching. I mean, we don't do, we do, I'd say 95% of our breeding is all uh, internal we don't do a lot of like going out and, and you know trying I mean every now and then we'll get lucky and we can snipe a horse I mean it's 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 cutthroat out there right because when you're breeding in-house you know you you want to give yourself the best deal right so you, you don't want to spend two three ETH you know breeding your own horses but when you have like z1s like concentrate I mean we've we've been on that side of it where we put in in stud at the minimum price 
And then we get fucking smoked and we get sniped on all three of them. And they're like, shit, all right, there he goes. Right. And so we learned the hard way, um, you know, the first round with that. And so we've, we've adjusted out of that, but even, even at our best rate of understanding, like how to process that we've still probably gotten sniped on at least one of those, you know, breedings with, with our top uh, horses, you know, concentrate and, and swagger and, and banned from the internet. So, you know, from there we've, you know, we've gone out and, it's we don't go so far deep on the ancestry honestly I, I just really look at kind of like like win rate i plug it in to know your horses i just look at kind of you know versus the competition you look at you know looking for um for the u curves that kind of stuff and and when we find those i mean we just kind of fire off on that so we're, we're not like fully diving in and breaking the whole thing down because i think we've got a good understanding of again our in-house uh, breeding where um, again, we don't spend too much time going out and, you know, transacting with, with other stables. Do you want to see anything fixed with the current in-house breeding system? I mean, I think it'd be nice if you're, if you're staking your own horse to breed in-house, you shouldn't get fucking sniped on it. You know, like you should have like the ability to just say like, I'm going to breed my horses all together. Like that it shouldn't go into a live marketplace. Like you can kind of, it's like doing like a private sale on open sea, right? <laughs> Instead of li like, if, if I'm going to sell you a horse um, for like a great deal, you know, one ETH or whatnot. And, you know, I don't want to just list it at one ETH. I'll just connect it as a private sale. That way it's directly already associated with your account. So at your pace, you know, you can go in and purchase that. Um, I, I think that would be a nice tool to have for the in-house breeding because if not, you're, you know, having to set your own limits higher, even though you're getting that 35% discount, you know, again, at, at, at the same time, if you're setting it at 0.25 and getting that discount, you're still spending almost half meat, you know, to breed three horses. So it, it can be costly. And, and I think that too can be one of those turnoffs for that new consumer that, you know, they go in, they don't know that process. Cause again, we had to learn the hard way. We put them in thinking it'd be easy. And they're like, oh shit, like there's none, there's no breeding left for them. And we just lost out our top horse, got bred with three other stables and we're done. Right. So um, I think that would be the best part of just making that side of it easier, you know, and compatible with if you're deciding to only breed in house. Um, but outside of that, I think the mechanics are great. You know, I, I, I think it's, you know, there's not really much else I would add to the process right now. You got anything, Robbie? No, I agree. I just think like if you're if you're like breeding your horse, if you decide, hey, I want to breed my horse for my own horse, it shouldn't be like a like like it shouldn't be like okay, we got to get ready because we got to get it when it's on the open market, we got to be ready. You know, it's like yeah, it's like you got to treat it like a live drop, and it's crazy, yeah. right? You're like, sitting there with like three computers, like all right, everybody, all right, I get the horse ready, like they're yeah, like firing like, off, and then and the fucked up thing is like there's been so many times where like I've gotten the screen that says like you know the procreation, like congratulations. And then you look at the wallet and then nothing gets deducted. And you're like, hold on, what? Like, didn't take my ETH. And then you go to transactions yeah, and words. boom, next thing, yeah. yeah, next thing you know, you lost, you know, and you're like, fuck, man. So, and it still happens to us, right? But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I guess it gives you a little bit of the rush <laughs> of a live drop, but but I, I wish sometimes it wasn't as volatile as it is. Yeah, you got to sit there and hit refresh, refresh till it pops up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, go, go, go. <laughs> it's it's wild, man. But, you know, it's part of the game. So you just kind of get used to it and you, you play along and, you know, wish for the best. Cool, man. I got two more questions for you guys. What, uh, right now, what do you guys think your stable's valued at in Ethereum? 
Oh man, that's a fucking great question. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I would say easily around like 80 to 100 on the low end, I think. Damn. Yeah. Just because I, I mean, concentrate, concentrate. We, we started racing him and he just got upgraded on Know Your Horses uh, or on Zed Ranks to a gem. So he was a prized horse and now he went up into that gem category. So, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're looking at it from that, that aspect, I mean, those horses, I think at their top are like a 30 to 35, you know, ETH value. Um, and we've got two of those. So just within two horses, I think we have 60 to 70 ETH value. And then we have another, I, I think we have like 94 currently in, in the factory stable. So yeah, I think, I think a hundred is, is a very conservative number. We ask this question like all the time and we're like, what, what do you look <laughs> like, like how, what, where are we at right now? And like, yeah. it's a funny, it's funny to play around with the numbers. So I, yeah, definitely. yeah, I, I agree, but yeah, it's fun. So let's say ETH goes to 10K. Do you guys think, just for like the whole general stable space, do you think most of the stables are going to be valued on USD or Ethereum at that point? I think ETH is ETH. I mean, right? that's right. But the, <laughs> yeah. the whole space yeah, is weird, right? Easy. Because people yeah. will sell when ETH is going up for more USD. It just doesn't make sense sometimes. Of course. Yeah, it's super it's hard. I mean, and and it, it's a first, like, it's like a first of its, like, I mean, it's not a first, like, there's always been different currencies, but this is like the first, like, digital thing where it's like, are you evaluating in ETH or are you evaluating in USD? And it's like really weird, especially with like the NF and all of the NFT market, right? Like, when ETH is running right now, you're seeing like all NFTs are losing value. And is that because of gas or is that because of people are evaluating in USD, right? Like, you don't really know. Um, and just because it's like, one, it's a smaller market compared to like other markets. And two, it's just like, this has never really happened before, right? Like, this is the first thing of like, it's kind where it's like, are people evaluating because they're actually want to buy an Ethereum or are people evaluating because they're looking at it and being like, I should not be paying that much USD. Sometimes like personally, like when I buy an NFT, I'm like, oh, I only paid like 0.4 ETH. And I'm like, that was just like 2,500 bucks. Like, what the fuck just happened right there? Like I just yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's point four ETH like, like it was nothing but it was like I just paid like yeah. twenty five hundred bucks you know like it's a substantial yeah. amount of money for most people so it's like like where where is that and what like how that works I don't I couldn't tell you to be honest but I think ETH is ETH so that's what I'm hoping that like that's the bet I'm making is that ETH people are just gonna transact in ETH and that's just how it's gonna work right. I mean, it's 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 easier for me to digest the fact that I spent three ETH at a strip club in New York last week, as opposed to the fact I spent thirteen thousand dollars. <laughs> so when you say it like that, I'm like, ah, oh, no, I was only three ETH, man. I'm not, I'm not that much. <laughs> Just connect my MetaMask to the strip club, and we're good. <laughs> I'll send it over, but but I think. <laughs> but I, I i think the i think the complexity of that the valuation for zed specifically comes down to the fact that i i think that zed's had like they've they valued their project on both right like every drop that they do like a genesis drop is valued on usd they haven't like it hasn't been priced on ethereum yeah but all the mechanics of how the game work are on ethereum right so you have like like the racing is, I mean, although you can change it to be like a USD base to like know how much you're spending to to do all these things, those are more like Ethereum based where the drops are, are USD based. So I think that's where like 
people are having a difficulty in correlating like what to value their stable on, you know, on one side or the other, because again, like, you know, we, we look at it that we bought concentrate for 10 ETH, not that we bought them for $40,000, right? Because today that 10 ETH, we, we could sell them for the exact same price of Ethereum and we would make money in a USD sense, but to us, we're valuing him on ETH, right? So we bought him for 10. Now we can sell him for 30. That's, that's our actual like ROI on the, on the horse. Right. So, so I'm hoping that it continues to run that route because that USD correlation, I think is going to get things. It's just going to make things muddy. Yeah. It's too. Yeah. I don't, if we're working in the currency, ETH should be ETH and we'll just value these assets in ETH. I just think that the space is so young. It's, and we have a bunch of young people in this space. So it's like, you know, yeah. we're learning about money. Like my generation, this is probably like cryptocurrency is like our only education of like how money truly works. So it's going to take some yeah. time for people to catch up. Yeah. It's Absolutely. like you said, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's like an infant market. Like it's like, it's very new. So I, I don't know. I, I really think that it's just eventually going to be like ETH is how it's going to be transacted on the internet. And it's like, that's just what it is. Um, but who knows, I, I, you know, it, it could happen either way. I, I don't know. Are you guys into any other utility or blockchain gaming projects? No, I'm, I'm, I'm into a lot of NFTs and like crypto in general, but not, not anything like gaming wise. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so spread out with shit. I'm <laughs> and Zed's such like a, it consumes so much time in a good way that it's like, you know, I just, yeah, we, we've kind of concentrated our efforts on our, our NFT assets that we have. And, and we, I mean, we each kind of, or we all have like different, you know, specifics that we're invested in, but for the most part, we, we share a lot of the same information and we're in a lot of the same projects together. So, um, but yeah, on the gaming side of things, I mean, there's, there's nothing that any of us are really fully vested into outside of Zed. Like there's some like gaming NFTs that like they're they're like down the road potentially gonna be games, but yeah, like besides yeah, that, everything's like roadmap based, but nobody's right. like executed really right in terms right. of like yeah, this is what we plan on doing. So we have stuff like held in those assets, but anything that's currently live in terms of like NFTs and gaming, yeah, outside of that, we're not in. Okay, are you guys excited for like any NFTs mints coming soon? Oh, oh, man. You just, you just did. You just did one, right? That was like. You liked it like a lot yesterday yeah i, I did a cosmic labs ah. drop yesterday the 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 ducks yeah, yeah so i saw the the genesis ducks i didn't get in on those so i just bought the the um the cosmic ducks that dropped yesterday but i mean they minted a 0.05 and the floor i think has already gone 3x in 24 hours so you know it's it's getting some traction there and um but uh yeah outside of that it's just like playing playing in the spaces we're in right now you know i mean we've we're, we're big holders in like gutter cat gang. And, um, you know, a couple of us have apes. Um, so, you know, it's just, it, it's fun, but we're, it, it's hard, man. There's so much saturation now, especially in the avatar space that I, I personally think that the, the NFT market is going to make a, a turnover to like one of one art, you know, and it's going to get really big into that space where those projects are going to hold a lot more value because I mean, you know, there's just so much happening on these generative projects right now that it's really hard to a to keep up from a consumer standpoint, but you know, b it's difficult to set yourself apart from the creative standpoint because there's like everything's pretty much been done, right? And so it's it's a copycat game right now, and it's, it's just like execution's difficult. Yeah, 
my buddy, he was trying to get me in, in on that Cosmic Labs, but I fucking hate gas, dude. Like, all my projects I'm in <laughs> yeah. are just, like, on Matic. Like, Zed Run, love it. Matic, no gas, cool. But once once you get out into gas world, it's like, fuck, dude. Dude, it fucking, it sucks, man. You're minting something for 0.05, and then next thing you know, it's 0.7. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, I constantly have the, the gas, you know, ether scan site up to see, like, where it is when I'm trying to mint projects because it's just like killing things and it's it's hurting projects right like the ability for projects to sell out right now that's why you're seeing this huge influx in whitelisting now because it at least guarantees people the opportunity to buy you you guarantee you know not as much on the gas war side by having a 72-hour window to you know pre-mint or whatnot and that i i think that's at least been a little bit of a you know circumvent the issue but it's it's hard so i've i've actually moved um not not any money but i've been spending a lot of time on like the hen and object spaces with tezos and i've been doing a lot of transacting there on some nfts because there's a lot of good art over on that side of things um and so i've, I've been kind of dabbling on that side of things but yeah the gas i mean that thing's if, if it doesn't chill man it's going to really hurt the market yeah it's uh, it already has i mean i think yeah, that's yeah. a big part of what we're dealing with the bear market right now not just you have ethereum high and then you have gas even higher it's like they're almost like you know it, it makes it difficult for new people you come in with a thousand bucks you're not gonna be able to buy shit no. you know if you're starting today it's like you know half an eth will get you one or two things if you're lucky yeah and so especially if you it's, it's difficult because like the mint will be 0.04 uh, i tried to go mint a cyber kong and then it's like gas is one eth i'm like what the fuck is this shit like what is yeah, going on here yeah you're like no chance can't do it can't do it yeah. so yeah where can people follow you guys at? How can people contact you guys? Um, so uh, we're we're all on Twitter. Um, in terms of the the stable, it's uh, Factory Horses is the uh, the Twitter domain. Mine personally is Young Gus Gus, um, and then you've got Robbie Mole, um, DJ Sabotage, and Closet Nerd. So th those are our individuals. But if you just go to Factory Horses on Twitter, uh, everything's tied in there, and you can also watch all of our our fuckboy promos from uh from a few months ago so sweet well thank you guys so much for coming on you guys got any questions for me or any last words no no Let's... i just want to thank you for you know taking the opportunity with us so yeah man i appreciate appreciate the time um this is really fun i i uh yeah i appreciate it a lot yeah no problem man um so thank you guys for coming on uh i'll definitely catch you guys another time thank you anybody that was watching this was episode six of zed daily and we're out Have a good one, Jerry.